Empire. you knew but you have no idea it's the urban sports scene you are listening to the urban sports scene with myself Wole ooh, ooh, myself Wole Will T and Ray Jeezy part of Empire Media what's going on fellas <laughs> Good, man. Copa static, man. Copa static. You know? Copa static. How was y'all? How was the weekend? Copa static. Oh, it was great, man. You know, just relax. Um, watched a little bit of football, and uh, I said, just try to stay cool. Real cheap. Come on, bro. Boxing? <laughs> how can you not mention the Anthony Joshua <laughs> fight? The weekend was great. Why you guys say it was great, man? We had an upset. You know, I, I wasn't happy with Anthony losing, man. I wanted it was my a man good to win. fight. What do you mean? It was a, it was a great fight, though. You know what I'm talking about? It was fight of the year so far. Yeah, definitely was. Contrast the styles. I thought it was, it was It was a great fight. I mean, real talk, it was a great fight. Um, fight of the year. I love it. Fire of the I year. Mean, I was going to talk about that later, later when we got into that part, but, you know. You see, you know Ray, <laughs> Ray wants to talk about it. No, I didn't want to talk about it. I was just saying how the weekend was. That was a big part of the weekend. That's the most texting Will has done on a Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with you, dude? It's true. I mean, that's true. true. (laughs) It shows the magnitude of that fight. No, it was was, was an awesome fight, though. Like, um, it really was. It was a a good fight. Uh, We'll talk about it later. You know what I mean? We'll talk about it later. But that's all y'all did this weekend? You know what I mean? I want to give a shout out to my homie, uh, my homie Lee, who turned forty. We was at his, uh, we was at uh, Southwest Levi. Have you ever been there, Levi, in Southwest, and by the wharf? No. There's a little. Uh, that, yeah, it, I mean, that's that's a little bit too expensive for me to hang out at. I'm a Fridays type of guy, a Fridays after type of guy. I hate you too. Too rich for my blood. Wings and celery, wings and celery, baby, buffalo wings. <laughs> Not that it's, it's, too, it's too rich for your blood. Will, you hang out, man. You do you do big things, Will. Don't play it off like that, bro. Nah, it's a little bit too rich for my blood <laughs> nowadays, man. Anyway, man, uh, like I mentioned before, we're part of Ampire Media, which is at ampiremedia.com. Ampire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Team. This show can also be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. Hey, don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports, blog, sp- sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Will T. 
Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here is what we have on tap. We'll recap the Washington football team getting killed by the Buffalo Bills, 43-21, to <laughs> and their upcoming game against Rays, Atlanta Falcons. At 825, we'll talk about media day for the Washington Wizards. We'll have Sports Journey's Washington, Washington Wizards reporter, Karita Parks, join the show to talk about the stories out of media day. At 843, we'll talk – well, I think 845, I think. We'll talk about – Usyk defeating Anthony Joshua to become the heavyweight champion. Finally, we'll make our week four picks. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. No, my bad. <clears throat> I got to say, this is so fun. I'm having some, I'm, I'm having some sinus issues, man. So I, Bro, I have a, if you a, keep a it, hole in my throat. Oh, man, if you ain't feeling good, I keep telling you, you can rest. Dude. <laughs> Listen, no, I can't, man. Listen, the, the CEO slash founder of Empire Media was on our show last week. And he said that Ray wasn't here. And, you know, he told us we got to pull up and we got to talk to Ray. So, you know, I just took that as motivation. Oh, but I need to be here this week. Oh, my God. That's all, you know. <clears throat> Shout oh. out to Brian, man. Now. Nah, Shout out to Brian, man. Yeah, I like how you come for me after you, because you totally mismanaged the read. You go come for me. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all crazy, man. Y'all are crazy. Oh, man. All right. All right, man. Let's get into it. The Buffalo Bills beat down the Washington football team 43-21. What are your thoughts on the game? Let's start with you, Wole. Uh, they just <laughs> they just weren't um, they weren't prepared to play in that football game. So the coaching staff, to me, just didn't prepare that team to compete. Uh, they didn't put them in uh, the position in situations to be successful. I mean, we, obviously, you know, Buffalo was a team in the preseason that was um, a lot of people had them going. I mean, some folks had them going to the Super Bowl. And in terms of talent, coaching, um, just just everything, they were outplayed. And you know, if anything in sports, you want you want your squad to compete. Forget the wins and losses. Sometimes you just want them to compete. And I just feel like this coaching staff didn't put them in a position to compete. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to the Big Douglas show. I'll probably reference that show mm-hmm. on multiple occasions as we discuss this game because I talked about this after, after right after the game mm-hmm. on our post-game show that, dude, this coaching staff is arrogant. They went into Buffalo and it seemed, and it seemed as though there was no adjustment mm-hmm. from the previous two weeks in which, A, you got burned on your first drive. Teams have marched down the field on you without resistance. That happened again in Buffalo. And then the game plan on defense seemed to be the exact same as it had been the previous two weeks. You barely got any pressure. You only utilize your front four. I know we're going to talk about the defense um, moving forward. Yeah. I can't, I can't shake some thoughts that I heard. But I don't want to be redundant because I know we discussed this at nauseum. However, right now, I don't care what the local media says because they are really trying to give Coach Rivera a pass. And I'm not on this show. Yeah. The coaching staff, to me, they have not prepared this team to succeed. Yes. Well, you talk about all the talent on this on this uh, defensive side of the ball, and even offense, Deami Brown, yeah. Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson. But it's how you utilize your pieces. Yeah. So, Jack Rio, Scott Turner, and Coach Rivera, you guys are under a microscope right now. You cannot be this arrogant. You have to make changes, and it's better. It better happen this coming week. All the eyes of fans of the Falcons. I don't want to see that necessarily, but 
I just feel as though this team wasn't prepared, and, and this team is arrogant in the sense that, okay, we have this talent. We're going to stick to what we know is, is our, our strengths, and we're going to implement that, and it hasn't worked. I mean, arrogant to me is two members of a three-man team having an after show. I knew he was going to say it. Well, I was members. waiting for that. I was waiting for but that. But I mean, <laughs> listen, I mean, that, but that's the fast point. That's the fast point, man. Now get off track. Let's keep this thing flowing and we'll have this conversation during the break. All right. What's the problem with Washington's defense, Ray? I mean, we, we, we clearly saw that, they, you know, Everyone talks about how great that the defensive line is. They have four first rounders. Um, we keep hearing the comparison of this defense to last year's defense, but they don't. They aren't getting the same results. So, what's the problem with it? Okay, so Eddie, one thing I agree with the with the Masters on is you've had to step up in competition this season. Yeah. With the harder schedule so far, you've seen Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. Within a matter of two weeks, Daniel Jones, while he's not necessarily considered a, a great quarterback, he's a nemesis of this team. So you've seen a step up in competition. That's one. And then I'm gonna go back to it. Daryl Moose Johnson on the on the broadcast said, "It looks as though they're utilizing their front four and then playing like a vanilla style defense, thinking that their front four is going to generate pressure. And it's just not happening." Kendall Fuller has been struggling in the slot, and. I was laughing at, at rapper uh, Big Pooh, who was like, it's like a preseason <laughs> defense. Like, we're not trying to show our yeah, hands. Yeah. Like, I thought that was hilarious that because it's like, it, it's, it's so basic. So it's funny. Will they shout out to him? He appeared on that show this week. Well, they've been all over the timeline, bro. So <laughs> that, that's just been it. Again, I'm going to reiterate it comes back to the coaching staff putting their talent in the right places in order to succeed. And then even after the game, Coach Rivera was saying, it's not that much of a change that needs to be made. I feel like we're close. And I'm like, what? Are we not watching the same thing? Yeah. Are you not going to dial up some blitzes? Are you not going to become more creative? I'm sure that the defense, because, again, that's supposed to be the anchor of your team. Yeah, hey, Ray, I want to ask you a question, too, about the defense, because, you, I mean, you've sure. watched a lot of Carolina Panthers um, defenses, you know, being an Atlanta fan. And, <laughs> no, I'm just being real. Oh, yeah. I'm, being, I'm being dead ass serious. Oh, no. Um, but so you've seen like you remember like like Luke having Luke Keekley and Tommy Davis how they would like like have this a gap blitz like they would just be they would always hover right between the tackle or they would you know they would well, where is that? Well, this is Del Rio though. Yeah, they don't, I know it's like they don't do that. It's like you're not even bringing the Carolina defense that we've seen in the past to this to, to this organization. So my question is like, all right, if it's not working the Del Rio way. Maybe Ron needs to step in a little bit and, and implement what he was doing in Carolina because I, it, this is different from what he was mm -hmm. doing in Carolina because in Carolina they were playing it was it was they played tight they played tight but it also you know it was a little zone under it they don't they sometimes they, they don't even play that much tight no press that like that so they would play zone I'm not saying they didn't play zone but they played mm -hmm. tight and they would kind of retreat off of that and or the or the um the inside backers they would even show blitz they would back out of it I don't see that here. With Washington, he did that a lot in Carolina, but I don't see that here in Washington. Oh man, he he in the head. Head. real quick. Oh. Go ahead, bro. No, I was just gonna say, I think when you, I think the easy thing for anyone to do, if you you know, <clears throat> you you see Ron Rivera, you see what he did in Carolina, mm -hmm. and you wonder why they aren't doing that here in Washington. <clears throat> but you also have to ask the question: Is that the 
you also have not ask the question, but realize is that the talent that he had in Carolina is different than the talent that he had here. Example. Now, you know, you had Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers, all-world yeah. um, pass rusher. Now, mm-hmm. this team, I will say, on the defensive front, it's, yeah, it's more talented. Is superior to <clears throat> it's far more talented, right? Yeah, yeah. But then on that second level, you had Luke, Luke Keekley and you had um, Thomas Davis. Yeah, way better. So, yeah, so those two guys were better with reading and reacting <clears throat> to what they saw from the offense. Yeah. And they were also able to to make to create to um to make up for their mistakes Definitely. in the run game in the pass game. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have that same element on the linebacker core that he has in Carolina, or he doesn't trust those linebackers yeah. as much as he trusts Mackenzie <laughs> and Davis. No, I think he's totally. I think you're totally right. I just feel like when you're already, when you're giving up 40 points and 30 points and and whatnot, you might as well go to it. It looks better than what you're doing now. It gets to a point like every like the same. It's the argument about even playing Bostic, right? Everybody's you know like, oh, why is Bostic playing? And I agree to this to this element of you got a young. You, I mean, and Jamin Davis got more snaps this uh, last game, which was good for him. Like Bostic, this team has been giving up 30, 40 some odd points, but Bostic getting a boatload of the play, the snaps. You can might as well play the rookie right now, and you still—I mean, you, you're better off. You're better off because he can learn, and he can—he can't be any worse than this. You're giving up 40, and you could have gave up 60 for real. Like real talk, Buffalo should have scored like 60 on him. But I'm just saying. So, if your defense is that bad, you got to do something. So you might as well chance it and go go to something you know best. And if it doesn't work, I mean, again, it's better than giving up. I mean, I'm sure that you probably won't give up 40 like this. Come on, man. Like, at least try it. That's all I'm saying. You're right, though. I'm not saying that I believe I'm with you, Will. Like, obviously, you, they're not Luke Keekly and they're not Tommy and Thomas Davis. They're not those two linebackers. Holcomb and, J- and, J- and Jamin Davis aren't those dudes. But you got to try something. All right, listen to this, guys. On Twitter, at Washington Realm said this Ron Rivera has coached 20 games for Washington. In 16 of those games, the opposing team has scored first. They start from behind 80% of the time. How can you win games with Taylor Heineke behind center if you're playing from behind? That's what I want to know. It's not like you have a quarterback who is experienced or who's established or is, is going to be your starter long term. Right now, you need to make sure that your defense is stopping other teams. Point blank. If, you, if you're not fixing this and you continue to get down early, it's going to be a long, long season with the list of quarterbacks that you have to play. And I hate looking at the schedule, but you can't ignore it at this point. I can't ignore it no more. Yeah, the schedule's tough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have a, a, a slightly above average quarterback that you play this Sunday in that line. So, you know, you don't want to <clears throat> – look, look. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just said a slightly I mean, above you, average. You guys, you guys, you guys are amazing, man. Go ahead. <laughs> but no, but, but listen, let's be honest. Like Matt Ryan, <clears throat> he's a, a more than capable starting quarterback, a, one of the better starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So you don't want to go in this Sunday. And uh, as Ray just mentioned, you know, the statistic that uh, Ray just mentioned, you don't want to put Taylor Heineke um, behind after, you know, <clears throat> the first drive mm-hmm. after Atlanta's first drive on offense and have Taylor Heineke behind from a um, 
under, under center as a quarterback for the 17th time yeah. out of 21 games. I think that's a recipe for disaster, especially with a guy like Arthur Smith as the the head coach slash uh, offensive coordinator and the way he likes to run the ball. Mm. You get me. You're listening to the Urban Sports in part of Empire Media at <clears throat> AmpireMedia.com. All right, Ray, on Sunday, like we are, we're talking about Atlanta anyway, so might as well go right into it. Uh, what issues, Ray, will um, Atlanta give Washington? All right, guys, here's a lesson for you right now. Will T, do you know who Dean Pease is? <laughs> Dean Pease? Yes, sir. Absolutely. He is the former defensive coordinator for the Ravens. Absolutely. Thank you, Will T. I figured you were nice for you and not Will A. But, Will A, what do you talk about with the Ravens' culture, right? They have a culture of winning. That defense is aggressive. One thing I'll say about the Atlanta Falcons defense, right now, they, they obviously had a tough game week one. I don't know why Jalen Hurts carved them up. They looked a little bit better the, the following week against Brady because, honestly, it looked like a blowout at the end of that Tampa game versus the Falcons, but Matt Ryan threw two pick sixes that game. That's 14 points right there created by the defense. So the Falcons defense these last two weeks, they have played a kind of bend, a, a bend but don't break style. And with that, they have been very aggressive in blitzing and also blitzing their linebackers. That has helped Grady Jarrett create pressure. He looked much better in this game against the Giants. And I think if they get in the face of Taylor Heineke, what we saw in Buffalo is what we what I expect to see, or what we expect to see in Atlanta, because I don't think Taylor Heineke right now, as, as much as he has the ability to get out the pocket, I don't think he's built to be able to handle that type of pressure, especially on the road. So Atlanta is going to blitz, and they're going to come from everywhere. And that's going to be hard for Taylor Heineke if he doesn't read the defense prior to the snap. Yeah, I mean, blitz is definitely a problem. I mean, I mean, I feel like the O-line other than like, has been decent, even picking up certain blitzes. Um, Heineke kind of – I mean, Buffalo just, just – Buffalo did a lot. They did a lot. The back end was great in Buffalo. You had White. They, Buffalo was a – I mean, Buffalo shut out Miami the week prior. Buffalo's defense is kind of hot right now. Um, so I, it's hard for me to go off of Buffalo. But, I mean, to me, the issues are it is what it is. Like, you have Matt Ryan. I know Will is kind of trash Matt Ryan, but <laughs> you have Matt Ryan. Who, Not trashing him. I you just have Matt Ryan. You got, you got Pitts. I think Pitts is – I think the, the bigger issue is Pitts um, and, and, and Ridley. You know what I mean? Uh, at the end of the day, you look at the, you look at the trends. And more than offense, I'm not even getting to offense. I feel like offense has been for Washington has been what folks expected. It's not, it's not anything special. Or anything. It's just it's it's just around. Uh, but the defense has been an issue. So, and if you look at the wide receivers, you know most of the number one wide receivers that this Washington team has take has taken on, they have gotten out. So my to me the issue would probably be Calvin Ridley, um, because he's a proven commodity. And you know everyone knows how much I feel about. Kyle Pitts, I think Kyle Pitts is all world, even though he hasn't done what, you know, hasn't set the world on fire off the bat. But you, you see the talent. The talent's there. But to me, I guess for me, the main issue would be Calvin Ridley because the guy who can run routes, who can probably, if they're going to play the zone, if they're going to play zone, he'll find all that stuff. Um, he's, he's, just, he's just a talented, he's a talented kid. So if you look at the trends, what this team has seen throughout this season and the number one wide receiver, you saw what Stephon Diggs did. You saw with, you saw what even Galladay did. Um, um, you saw what, uh, Keenan Allen did. These dudes mm-hmm. were productive. Th- to me, that's the main threat. Offensively speaking, Washington can – I'm not saying he's going to score 30, but they could, they'll score some points. It's not like they're going to get shut down, get zero. 
Um, but the issue is, can they be in the game with Atlanta, knowing that Atlanta does pose offensive weapons similar to even some of the teams they've already lost to or competed with? Well, all the teams, to be honest, which they've had troubles with. So that, to me, is the biggest thing. I think really is the biggest problem. Uh, Cordell Patterson has been a leading receiver thus far. No, I'm saying he has, but you know what I mean. And also the line has been an yeah, issue for Atlanta. But the, but the number one, I mean, talking about the number one wide receivers on each roster have, if you uh, look at Washington, the trend for Washington, the number one wide receiver. The trend. The sure. trend. The number one wide receivers have gotten out. Stephon Diggs struggled until he got to, to, to she struggled, to, uh, he struggled a couple weeks ago. Now he looked really, he looked awesome against Washington. So, again, it is what it is. I feel like that's the trend. The number one wide receivers tend to get out. Hmm. So I think there are a couple things that um, <clears throat> that uh, Atlanta's going to do that's going to be a Washington issues. Ray, you mentioned one of them. Mm-hmm. And that's DPs with bringing the blitz from anywhere. Um, Taylor Heineke doesn't have a lot of experience starting in the NFL. Um, and one of the things that I've seen that he struggled, he struggled against Tampa Bay during his first start in the playoffs last year, and he also struggled against the San Diego Chargers, excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers, um, yeah, the L.A. Chargers, um, two Sundays ago, and that was defensive coordinators who bring the blitz from everywhere and blitz more than one guy. Mm -hmm. So will he be able to get them into the right protection and will he be able to get them into the right call you know, and I don't know if, if, if Scott Turner provides him two plays, two plays at the line of scrimmage. One of them he has the ability to cane and go to the other and get to the to the best play out of those two. I think that's one. And two, I, you know, I, I make a lot of jokes in the past about Matt Ryan being slightly above average, but one of the things that he is great phenomenal phenomenal at is playing against his bones. Um. And if Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio continue to use zone on the back end with just those four down linemen applying pressure, Matt Ryan is going to eat them alive. You've got to be able to change what, what you give Matt Ryan from pre-snap to post-snap to, get to, make, to try to confuse him somewhat, to keep him guessing on where to go with the ball. And I just don't think just watching Washington Washington football team's first three weeks of the season, that they've shown the reluctance to do that with on the back end of the, um, on the, the secondary. So I think that was a good thing that was going to give them issues. Just want to say real quick, Matt Ryan, Atlanta, Atlanta has had a franchise quarterback for the past several years. I mean, over the past decade, Washington would love to have that. So Matt Ryan has been awesome. Kyle Pitts, when he does touch the ball, it's always explosive. He always picks up big chunks of yards. But the offensive line right now is a weakness for the, the Atlanta Falcons, and they cannot convert on third down. It's going to be a perfect storm for the Washington football team this weekend. I, uh, the predictions, y'all. Uh, start with Ray. Dude, I, I hate to wear my fan hat, but I have to. This week I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons, considering all things Taylor Heineke on the road, Atlanta's blitz. I got the Atlanta Falcons winning. Uh, 27 to 17. All right. Will, prediction? Uh, I agree with Ray. I think Atlanta's going to win um, 24 to 10. Um, I'm pulling my fat hat. 
I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna pick Washington. I'm not even gonna put a score because I don't care about the score. Uh, <laughs> all right, yesterday was media day for the Wizards. Sports Journey's Wizards reporter Karita Parks will join us to discuss the stories of media day after the break. You're listening to the urban sports scene. You dig? Listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Bole, part of Empire Media. All right, right now we have founder of the Double Takes, founder of Double Take Sports, Sports Journeys, Washington Wizards reporter, and co-host of the Triple W podcast, Karita Parks on on the line. What's good, Karita? Hey, what's happening? It's good it's to have good you over on. here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Glad to, glad to have you on, Karina. All right. We know that um, you were at the media at the Washington Wizards Media Day. Um, outside of Bradley Bill clarifying his position <laughs> on the back, I know, right? <laughs> what was the major? What, what was the other? What, what, first, let me let, let me ask you this: When he made his initial statement, what was the reaction amongst the media? And then I'll ask you. Well. Okay, so I can't say, I think the, the more shocking part, and I don't know if shocking is the word, that might be too strong, but I think just the rabbit hole he went down on his views, um, from my perspective, and I think, you know, a lot of people thought maybe he could dial back on that a little bit, uh, especially as the leader of the team. I mean, nobody's saying you can't have an opinion or have your personal viewpoint, but, you know, he went a little bit too far down the rabbit hole. And you see, obviously, the backtrack, the backlash, excuse me, must have been a little bit real because today, he, like you said, he clarified his comment from yesterday. But, okay. you know, he said what he said. <laughs> yeah, he said what he said. He said it with his chest. Um, right. listen, we, we, we all have to respect each individual's uh, perspective when it comes to uh, COVID nineteen and having a vaccine, even if they are a multi-millionaire basketball player. But one thing I will say, just media reaction, not to belabor the point, but I think one thing that was also interesting is it, it was a bit clear that there was a lack of education on his part when it came to the vaccine. So I think that that that, came, that kind of bubbled up as well, and that was something that was definitely noticeable. Okay. But outside of that, what was the other major story that was coming out of the media day with regards to this team? Yeah, for me, a, a common theme amongst the players was talking about team chemistry. You know, there's a lot of new guys on the team, that came in from the trade, you got KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Spencer Dinwiddie. So they talked a lot about building that chemistry with each other and making sure that they're communicating on the court, 
Um, so that came up quite a bit amongst all of them. So it seems like they're very aware that that's going to take some time for them to come together. But I think they want to do what they can in the off season to combat that. This year, with even though COVID is still around, it's not like it was last season. So they're talking a lot about you know trying to do things outside and off the court as well to build that chemistry. So that came up quite a bit. I'd say that was a pretty um, high-level story that came out of media today. Also, just with the new coach, I think the guys, it's very clear the guys are still getting to know their coach. Mm. But there does seem to be excitement about what he might bring to the table, especially uh, helping them improve on defense. Um, that was also a common theme. The guys know that that's where their attention needs to be this season, so that came up quite a bit as well. Okay. So it seems like they're vibing the coach? I think it's, I would say they're vibing with him, but it's still too early uh-huh. to tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they talked about it, but I can also tell that it's still too new to really elaborate. Uh-huh. I think there's excitement about what he could, what he can bring, but as far as the vibe, I believe that that is still being built. All right. So, um, it looks like Daniel Gafford, all reports that he's going to be the starting center. So when Thomas Bryant gets healthy, do you think he'll be able to take his, uh, get a starting job back? Woo, I don't know because uh, Coach Unsell, he's junior, he spoke today, mm-hmm. and he talked about Daniel Gafford having a skill set that he that's very rare. Mm. Um, his ability to protect the rim. And he really just spoke very highly of Daniel Gafford. And so, and, and just knowing what Gafford did last season, and even Coach Brooks said Gaff, Gafford is just different. I don't know how easy it's going to be for Thomas Bryant to get his job back. If Daniel Gafford gets better this year, I mean, you know, he was improving last year. He just didn't get the minutes that he should have gotten. Mm-hmm. But if he goes to another level this year, I think it would be hard because he brings something to the table that um, Thomas Bryant doesn't. You're listening to the Ever Sports Team, part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. Right now we're talking to Karita Parks, founder of Double Take Sports and co-host of the Triple W Podcast. And, of course, she's also a Sports Journey Wizards reporter. Karita, what's good? It's my first time getting to speak to you in a minute. You know, of course, I like to, I like to catch I know, you right? on Twitter. Though. But it's all right, though. Will T stole the show to start. Um, I feel like Karita, in comparison to past, you know, Wizards Media Days, tell me if I'm wrong, but the guys, especially Kyle Kuzma, they seemed like they were all business. Like, Kyle Kuzma was like, he wasn't even, he wasn't jovial in the least. just like, hey, how you adjusting to D.C.? I just moved myself in the house. I've been at the gym. That's it. I haven't, like, explored. It's like, dang, like, what's going on? Like, do you feel like they're focused this year without uh, Coach Brooks and with uh, guys being new pieces and having something to prove, being that they were traded by, you know, especially the Lakers? That's a funny observation because I really picked up on that as well. But, you know, what's (laughs) interesting to me is I saw that more with the – with Kyle Kuzma, with KCP, yeah. with the guys that came from the Lakers. Yep. I saw that more so with them, and I believe that is just the mentality that they built being with the Lakers. And so I thought that was very interesting. They were the guys that I noticed had that vibe the most. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's 
I think it'll be good for the Wizards because they do need to lock in and they do need to focus, and I think that they need that influence. I mean, Kyle Kuzma's a young player, so for him to be so locked in like that, and like you said, they were not jovial. <laughs> Um, not, not those guys. Mm. Uh, I think that, that, but I think it could rub off on some of those younger players and some of the guys who, um, were on the team last year and coming to the team this year. And Kyle Kuzma talked a lot about learning from like, uh, from Rondo and LeBron James mm. and Anthony Davis. So, and he talked about wanting to be a leader on the team. So I think that that it showed in media day that like their mentality is different. Yeah, it's just media day though. Cause um that's just media day. Oh, Kyle Kuzma, he gonna be a rose bar. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> he can give you that he can give you that you know, all business. That's cool. But uh that's a different that's a different cat. Well, he, <laughs> he can be a rose bar as long as he delivers on the court. I don't care what he does. So, so what's your expect- as long as he delivers on the court. Okay, so what I guess right, that's a good question then. What is your expectations of Kyle Kuzma coming to the season? What do you think you think he's gonna be an impact player, more of a role player? He's gonna is he gonna try to do all the dirty work? Is he gonna play his role? Because that was a problem with LA. He was trying to fight playing his role. Um and then he he had to understand it, and that's how they he helped them win the championship. So do you think um since he's going to a, a team that doesn't necessarily have championship aspirations will he will he go back to what we saw prior to LeBron a guy who's trying to get his stats and his numbers I think my expectation of him you know I I saw a couple interviews outside of media day where he talked about you know being in a situation where he feels like he'll have an opportunity to develop because mm-hmm. he talked about how with the mm-hmm. Lakers, you know, they were just like a superstar, star-studded team. And like you said, they had that championship mentality, and that's how they built their team. So, and he talked about how guys, when they leave the Lakers, how they do so much better because of that. So I'm expecting him to to really develop this season and to be of a huge contributor to the Wizards. I think we'll see him in a more solidified role with the Wizards. And I think he'll be more confident uh, with the Wizards because I expect for his role to be more clear. Mm. And in terms of uh, going to Bradley Bill, you know, it's, it's all about Bradley Bill. Well, did he talk about, mm-hmm. you know, probably being more of a um, distributor, trying to get these guys involved, being that leader? Um, because, you know, everything's going to go around. Everything's going to be around Bradley Bill, and he's going to have the ball in his hands, you know, often. And you have guys like Kyle Kuzma, uh, KCP, that will be, will be, you know, they they can get off. They'll be able to get off if you know Bradley Bill sharing the basketball. So, um, is this a is that something that he discussed at all during media day? He touched upon it, but it was actually more Spencer Dinwiddie okay. and KCP that really really said that clearly. Like Spencer Dinwiddie said that he wants to like a Bradley Bill in any way that he can, and KCP said that he wanted to take some of the pressure off of Brad. Um, and that he could really step up as a playmaker. So that that was a little bit of a theme as well from certain guys is that they want to help Bradley Beal. But I also feel like I've heard that before. Like, a guy, yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody that comes to the team is yeah. like, we want to take the pressure off of Bradley Beal. We want to help Bradley Beal. So the question is, will they be able to do that? Is he – did um, – and also, I mean, did Coach talk – did Coach also talk about at least, like, more ball movement? I'm just trying to throw out anything. The more ball movement um, – because last year under Brooks, you know, that was an issue. Will Bradley Bill still be more of an ISO player, to, or will they have more ball movement? 
with that disgust at all. He did. He did talk as much about like the ball movement and how they, you know, how they plan to work around uh, Brad. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, they talked a lot about the defense, mm-hmm. honestly. Oh. And you know, I don't think they're as you know, the Wizards can score, yeah. but it was the defense that was the problem. So you heard them really talk a lot. You heard him, I should say, but even the team talked a lot about getting better on defense. So, the, you know, that was mostly what was discussed. Hey, Karina, aside from Media Day, there was a story that came out saying Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. he urged Bradley Bill to request a trade. What was your reaction to that? And does that give you an indication that Bradley Bill wants to be a wizard? Because a lot of us are saying if he's not going to resign, you got to trade him so you can get something for him. But that, to me, is a good indication that he wants to stay. What do you think? That actually came up. Someone asked him about that rumor um, at Media Day. And, you know, Brad kind of chuckled. He's like, this comes up every year. He said, you know, Russ did what was best for his family. But I got the sense, like you said, that Brad wants to stay. And that is the that's the sentiment that he gave um, in response to that rumor. So he said, you know, players are going to talk. And like I said, he said, you know, Russ did what was best for his family. Um, but he still he still says he wants to stay here and he wants to grow with the Wizards. That sounds nice. And you know, <laughs> so far that's what he's done. <laughs> that sounds nice. That sounds nice, Brad. <laughs> Very nice, very nice. It guy. does. I mean, you never know, you know. You, everybody's gonna say what they need to say. Exactly. Everybody's gonna say what they need to say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Karina, thanks for being on. Before we let you go, please let our listeners know how they can find you on social media, and please tell them about your podcast. I, sh- I guess I should be plural podcasts. <laughs> I know so many, but it's it's it's, it's people like you that keep me keep me in the mix. With I try. <laughs> having me on the show as a guest, so I appreciate that. <laughs> but as far as where you can find me, you can find me on all social media platforms at Carita C Parts. You can also follow Double Take Sports by own media company at DBL Take Sports on Instagram and Twitter, and we're also on Facebook. And then last but not least, and of course, make sure you're tuning in to the Triple W Podcast. We are strictly focused on um, Wizards, News, WNBA, Basketball, and you can follow us at Triple W Pod on Instagram and Twitter. That was up. You should talk about on the Triple W Pod, you should talk about how, how awesome the Lakers look. Um because they do have a variety. Yeah, we'll probably a, pass yeah. on that. But. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 thanks for being on. You know, we appreciate you. Hopefully, we'll have you on during the season. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to be on during the season. Definitely. Thanks again, Karita. We appreciate you. You're welcome. Have mm-hmm. a good night. Yes, indeed. All right, again, that was Karita Parks. Make sure you follow her on Twitter at Karita C. Parks. All right, Usyk changed the, changed the heavyweight game Saturday by defeating Anthony Joshua to become the heavyweight champion. We'll discuss this after the break. You're listening to the urban sports scene. For Asian. Yeah, dig. on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com.
You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Bole, part of Ampire Media. That's AmpireMedia.com. In Wembley Stadium, Alexander Usyk defeated Anthony Joshua by unanimous decision to become the unified heavyweight champion of the world. Is he unified, though? But Wole... He, he, he typed a production note, so blame him for that. It's on ESPN, bro. I got ESPN. I, I, ESPN I, said it. Not me, I, bro. ESPN said I jumped on it. Now, who is the unified Thank heavyweight you. champion? Thank you. <laughs> sorry. See, Ray, I, I had a source. I had I a tried reference. To, I tried to, I'm sorry. I tried to discuss this earlier. Sorry, guys. The Will T, like you said, fight of the year candidate. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, definitely side of the year candidate. It, I, you know, the last year we saw so many, we saw some good boxing matches, but one of the element, the element that was missing from it was the fans, the fans, mm-hmm. the atmosphere, right? Now, even though there were 66,000 people packed into Wembley, we don't know what type of, you know, I'm not going to even go there about the COVID <laughs> stuff, right? Uh, it, 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 it was great to see 66,000 people in the arena, um, reading heavily and really engaged into a big boxing match. That was beautiful. It was an amazing thing to see. That's the first thing. <clears throat> Second thing is, um, Alexander Yusuf, he came out and he fought the type of fight that I thought he would fight if he was going to be successful against Anthony Joshua. Um, Anthony Joshua definitely has the power and the size advantage against Usyk. Why he didn't utilize that um, or try to utilize that better um, is a mystery to me. But I do know one thing for sure. If and when Anthony Joshua gets that rematch, because there is a rematch clause in that contract, he has to make some changes from a stylistic perspective. Mm -hmm. We saw it against against Andy Ruiz. You also saw it against Alexander Yusuf. <clears throat> a fighter who was able to change, to throw punches from multiple launch points, mm-hmm. has good head movement, decent uh, movement in the upper body, yeah. is going to give Anthony Joshua issues. I said it last week um, when we were discussing the fight, and it just came into fruition on um, Saturday in England, you know, because Anthony Joshua for the first four rounds yeah. was lost. To me, he was lost. He did, you know, <clears throat> I, I heard some people saying that one, some of the announcers were giving it, were scoring it 3-1. I did. I don't too. know what the hell you were watching if you, if you, were, if you were scoring it 3-1. <laughs> oh, I did. I gave it 3-1. I, was, I, was in, I, I mean, it. I don't know what the hell you were watching. It's okay. I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I wasn't alone, so I'm good. I mean, I mean, hey. Yeah. I, I just I don't know what people was I don't know what anyone was watching if you scored that three one it was four it was four zero mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was swing round but round five six okay round five six and seven that's when Anthony Joshua he did something that I didn't see him do in that first fight mm-hmm. in his fight against Andy Ruiz and that was making adjustment on the fly and start to try to figure out the puzzle opposed to just fighting one style that he's consistently been used to. Mm-hmm. And that's what time, that's what made the fight a little bit closer during those middle rounds, specifically round five, six, and seven. Yeah. But ultimately, 
Yusuf, Yusuf was able to get his second win. Yeah. And he was able to and he was able to go back to the game plan, which was being cautious, um, throwing punches from multiple uh, launch angles, and catching uh, Joshua whenever Joshua made a mistake. That's how he was able to capitalize. And it was a it was a it was a masterful performance um, by Alexander Yusuf, especially for a guy who was was lacking in size physically and from a, um, a strength perspective. Yeah, um, not surprised that if I said I said it before, I said it during the show last week, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I said it on multiple shows. Actually, I was on uh, Johnny Johnny's <laughs> Cinderella show, and I told him on that show too. I said if this goes the distance, Usyk is winning. I'm not even. It wasn't. If it was going the distance, he's winning. He's a better boxer than Anthony Joshua. Uh, he's a, his footwork is amazing, um, and, t- and he's moving. He's constant motion, um, and. He's a guy, I mean, people forget, like I mentioned it before, like that there, when he was in the cruiserweight division and he at a time, he was ranked pound for pound in the top five. Like the dude is nasty. This ain't, this ain't nothing new. Yes, he's going up, but we all have seen this in the past in boxing. The boxer, the, the, the intelligent boxer, the trill intelligent boxer tends to beat the puncher. It's just what it is, what it is. Like Will's right. Anthony Joshua didn't take advantage of his size, but Usyk made it tough. He made it tough, though. Like, he made it, because you can see the fear. And Anthony Joshua, we all, I think we all can, can see it. Like, his chin is suspect. Like, his chin is suspect. And, you know, Usyk can get clean shots. Now, granted, his, the power isn't the same, but if you catch somebody clean, it can st- you can go down. So he got caught a couple times, and it kind of it caught him off guard, and he had to be more cautious. I, to me, when I look at when I looked at Usyk and what he did and his game plan, like Will mentioned everything, so I'm not going to be redundant, but his game plan was amazing. His movement was amazing, and he did what you do in championship fights. Like when it gets to them late rounds, when we're talking about championship, the championship rounds, he closed the show. I mean, he didn't close the show in terms of knocking them out, but he was, he was spectacular down the stretch. Shoot, that, that, that bell sounded at the right at time. At the right time, Joshua yeah, like at the right time. To go down. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though. Anthony Joshua does not have a lot of experience fighting against southpaws, but what was interesting is he got caught with so many clean left. Mm-hmm. I mean, clean left hooks. I'm like, why is he still getting caught this late fight cleanly like that with the left hand? Again, you guys hit everything on the head, which is why I don't necessarily want to talk about the detail of the fight. I want to go here real quick. Mm-hmm. And that's Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn, amazing show. Will T. hit around the head, yeah. 66,000 fans. It was amazing. AJ is a, a straight-up showman. He is... Oh, my God. I mean, the intro was amazing. Arguably the biggest, <laughs> the biggest attraction in the U.K. However, um, many have asked this question. I'm going to ask you guys, do you think it was too much? And B, do you have a problem with the times that the zone uh, airs their fights for us in the States? And then lastly, you know the rematch. I know we're going to get there. But Eddie Hearn is always saying the rematch is not happening in Russia. If you're Anthony Joshua, I feel like you need to roll out and you need to get rid of the distractions and just uh, focus on your opponent. But Eddie Hearn is like, nope, we're doing it back here in the UK. I'll, because Eddie Hearn, of course, he's in dollar signs. Yeah, there you go. I wouldn't. Go ahead, Tar. Go ahead, Tar. Go ahead. Yeah. So economically, it makes sense to do it back in the UK. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't make sense to do it in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. I. Uh, we don't know with regards to, I mean, we have some idea, but we don't really 100% know with regards to um, 
what restrictions can be lifted um, in 2022, presumably when this fight will happen. And at Wembley Stadium or O2 Arena, you could, with no restrictions on the crowd, you could legitimately pack 90,000 people into Wembley Stadium for this fight, right? For the rematch. Mm-hmm. And because Anthony Joshua is a is the biggest draw in the UK, and he lost, the rematch is only is, is only makes it that more enticing, and that you'll have that many more people coming there, and you'll also have a pricing power advantage because you'll be able to charge people more money. Yeah, that's the first thing. The second thing is. No, I don't have a problem with when the zone broadcast this fight because the fight's in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. It's a five-hour it's, 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 it's a five-hour timing um, difference between the US and the UK. Mm-hmm. What do we want just for the just for the convenience of American fans? What do we want them fighting at <laughs> one or two o'clock in the morning? I, I don't. I just don't think that's fair. Yeah. I don't think that's fair. So I, I don't have a problem with. The fight being, you know, when it was on, yeah. you know. Now I do think um, you put yourself in a tough predicament because Saturday at three, you know, around three thirty-five o'clock, that's SEC football. Yeah. And most people have given a choice between paying the twenty dollars to watch a fight on the zone or watching SEC football for free, they're going to choose SEC football. For free, right? <laughs> it's all for free. Yes, for free. Yeah. Especially as we go further on into the season. Um, and the third thing, the, you know, um, I'm not 100% sure if I take an immediate rematch if I'm Anthony Joshua. And here's why. I know you had the I know you had the incredible results against Andy Ruiz um, when you fought him in the rematch, but Andy Ruiz and Alexander Yusuf are two different fighters. Mm-hmm. Ruiz is a guy who's completely out of shape, and you were able to exert your physical dominance against him. Yusuf is a guy who, no matter, you have to find a way to. Uh, use your sizable um, physical advantage on him, and you can't just come straight at him forward. Yeah, because that's not going to work. And you aren't a box. You aren't. And Anthony Joshua isn't a guy who when we think of his boxing skill. We think of him as a guy with with great footwork and a guy who uses the angles really well to um, dominate the fight which Yusuf is going to do. So you, you have to go back to, the, I'm not saying go back to the drawing board, but there, there are certain things you need to work on in the gym before you go against Alexander Yusuf a second time. So I, that's why I'm saying, I don't know if you take this rematch in 120 days or um, He's a, yeah. 150 days. You know, yeah. maybe you wait until, you know, maybe you wait until you see what happens with uh, on the October ninth with Fury and Wilder, and you say, and you look at it strategically. All right, I let Fury the ring of Fury and Wilder fight Yusuf, and then maybe I'm I'm able to get myself back in line for a second shot, or maybe I face the loser, loser of Wilder for Fury. Yeah, 
And then I go and I challenge you to get. But 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 listen to all this yeah, I just think there are a couple of things you have to you have to really think through before you say, "Yeah, I'm automatically going to take the rematch." You're listening to the other sports team, part of Empire Media and PowerMedia.com. Eddie Hearn is already um, alluding to the fact that they're looking at March for the rematch. I may mention that right now, many are saying Usyk is right behind Canelo on the pound for pound list. Will you see him, Will T, and Will on the pound for pound list as well as where is he right right now amongst heavyweights? I let Rolo take this first. Oh, um, I mean, I've always thought highly of Usyk. Um, I think after this performance, you know, to be fair, I mean, in terms of heavyweights, he's two, to be fair. I mean, I like him more than I like Fury, but you have to be fair to, you know, what Fury has accomplished uh, in the heavyweight division. So, you know, I have him two. Um, in terms of pound for pound, I mean, Canelo's one. Uh, you can go either way with Bud, Bud, um, Terrence, uh, I guess I would have him. I would have him in the top five. I'll say that much. I, I just think he's that good of a boxer. He really is. You know, he just he's he's consistent. We're talking. If you look at the resume of what he's accomplished in his boxing career, gold medalist, uh, what he did in the cruiserweight division, and now just being Anthony Joshua, I mean, he's impressive. It is what it is. Um, I think you. You could make the case for him being somewhere around six or seven, um, because you know, just you know, no, I, I mean, this is just me thinking out loud, yeah. um, not really putting anything down on paper. But yeah. uh, you think about Canelo, yeah. probably would be the number one on the mythological pound for pound boxing, um, pound for pound uh, box champion list or pound for pound fighter. Then two, you have probably Bud Crawford. Mm-hmm. Um, three, probably Errol Spence. Um, four, what's the the bantamweight? Um, oh, you're talking about Mayo 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 Ayu. I believe that's his name. Um, you probably have him five. Um, people are going to, of course, people are going to put Tiafimo Lopez yeah, up there. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. Um, Tiafimo's good one. And then you have. Tyson Fury, and then you probably have well, uh, and I forgot I forgot Josh Taylor, right? Yeah, I mean, got Josh Taylor. Yeah, and, you know Tyson Fury, and then and then use it. It's 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 a tough. I think, are, I think yeah, I, I think you know just those are probably the guys that you know just off the top of my head without me putting you know mm. not having a, a whole bunch of time to come up with a list. Mm. Those are guys I, you know, I would put there. Um, but you know, Yusuf definitely increased his standing, right? Going from cruiserweight to heavyweight. You know, not only just going to heavyweight and winning, becoming champion, but becoming a unified champion, right? Holding all mm-hmm. three of the belts and you know, just one belt, outstanding. So, so uh, let's go to our NFL picture. We don't gotta go to break. Um... You know, after week three, here are our records in in the football garbage time versus Urban Sports Team Pick'em Challenge. Ray is 33 and 15. Will T is 32 and 16. I'm 31 and 17. The standings are that you know Ray is in first place, Will's in second place, and I'm in third place. That's what's up, dog. All three of us are we're, we're like place high. That's what's up, man. 
Football Garbage Time. Y'all got to get your weight up. All right. You can also check out our standings and picks <laughs> on the Football Garbage Time website, which is <laughs> www.footballgarbagetime.com. You can, you, can you can check out the Football Garbage Time podcast and all NFL football uh, news and whatnot there. All right. Why here. listen to them? Why listen to them? We the experts. You know Facts. what I'm saying? Facts, though. <laughs> Why not? I've been telling you, you can I've listen to them. You if you want to get the wrong picks, picks you can listen to them. If you want to get the wrong picks, listen to them. Over, right here on this side, this is where it's at. Right here, right here on this side is where it's at. All right, all right. So here we go. We four Jaguars versus Bengals. I mean, I, I'll let my man Kyle pick. So you, you, you know, you remember me. So I let you oh, go man. first. I know he 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 loves the name Kyle picks. I, I'm enjoying the fandom. Uh, Cincinnati. Hey, I got the Bengals. Will T. I mean, I technically was supposed to go second because I'm number two. Oh, my bad. Three. My fault, bro. Yeah, I was, oh, I'm one game out. There's a pecking order. You're right. One game out. pecking order. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Go ahead, bro. Disrespect the pecking order. You're right, bro. I'll go with the Bengals. I remember the Bengals. Where did Washington Texans versus the Bills? The pecking order. No, you I mean, we got 3-2-1. Okay, 3-2-1? Right? Yeah. So, okay, whatever you... Okay. Yeah, I am Bills. <laughs> I go Bills. Bills. Oh, Bills, sorry. I don't know when to jump in. I know. Hey, <laughs> Lions, Bears. Oh, nah. Will, can we, 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 we go first? Okay, I'll go okay. first. I'll go first. Bears, no, I'll go first. I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. I'm going with the Lions with the upset. Uh, okay. Upset. Ray, who you got? Yeah, I'll, take the, I'll, take, I'll take the Bears at home on this yeah. one. Yeah. Panthers versus Cowboys. Will T. You didn't pick Will. I, I said the that. Bears. I said the Bears. Uh, the Bears, you got the Bears? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Panthers, Panthers, Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll go with the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm taking the. I'm taking the boys at home, baby. Yeah, they're good. I ain't gonna lie. Colts versus Dolphins. I have the. Damn. Give me the Colts. I'm gonna go with the Colts. Who? Who? What? Who? Who said what? Uh, Will is going with the Dolphins. All right. Will is going with the Dolphins. Right, who you got? I got the Colts. All right. Vikings, Browns. Uh, I got the Vikings. I agree with you, Will. I'm going with the Vikings. <laughs> I'll take the Vikings as well. Hey, Saints, Giants. Will you go first? This is a. This is a. This is an ugly game right here. I'll take the Saints. Will T. You. <sighs> I'll take the Saints. I'm not fully trusted. But... I. 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 I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm going to go with the Saints. Yeah, I got the Saints. Uh, Titans versus the Jets. I'll go first. Give me the Titans. We all, I mean, we all going Titans, aren't we? I think we're all players. I think we're all going, we're all going Titans. Thing. I'm going with the Titans. Yeah, I don't think no one's picking the Jets. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. <laughs> Eagles, 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 Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs. Are we yep. all doing, doing the Chiefs? Yeah, oh, I'm going with the Chiefs. Ray? Chiefs. All right. Uh, Chiefs. Cardinals, Rams. I'm going with the Rams. Me too. I'm going with the Rams. All right, Seahawks, Niners. I'm going with the the Niners. This is a tough one, actually. Uh, I'm going with the Seahawks. Yeah, it's a tough one. I got, I got the Seahawks as well, my friend. All right, Ravens, Broncos. I'm going with the Broncos. Give me the Ravens. Ravens, all right. Give me, give me the Ravens, too. All right, Steelers, Packers. I will take the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. I'm actually going to take the Steelers in this one. Cool. All right. Buccaneers, Patriots. I'm going with the Buccaneers. 
Yeah, give me the buck. Uh, yeah, give me the buck. All right. Uh, Raiders versus Chargers. Uh, I'm going to Chargers. I like the Chargers in this one. I like the Raiders. I like. This is the hardest one of the week right <laughs> here, man. This is the hardest one. Good gracious. Um, crap. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm going. I'm going with Justin Herbert at home, baby. All right, all right, bet. All right, man. All right, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Empire at Amp. I'm Empire Media at AmpirMedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the of all of the Empire Media shows as well as other great content and we appreciate you all for listening appreciate Creo for being a guest on the show talking about some wizards appreciate the homies anyway you've been listening to the urban sports scene the yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. hey mecca lead us out big homie